Welcome to the eighth episode of VSTML 2020 Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Armstrong, and joining me as always is the Canadian whose life is a mix of Russian roulette, trivial pursuits, and VSTML, Logan Saunders. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Saunders. And we are going to start, as always, with where in the world is Logan Saunders? I'm at home. <laughs> For four more weeks. Four more, or what's the, what day is it today? The first? Second. 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 Day. Second, so 29. Um, yeah, exactly four weeks, and then I'm off to uh, Myanmar with a one-day layover in Tokyo. Yay! Next week, the question will actually be, where in the world is Michael Harmstone, I think? America. Yeah, America. And for once, we will only be two hours apart. One of those rare times. So near, but yet so far. <laughs> and sadly, I did lose my first team member this week. Yeah, poor you, waiting all the way till... Final five. <laughs> till the week before the final episode. Poor me waiting till week eight. <laughs> Surprisingly, you and Michelle both have the majority of your teams intact. I know. This is actually quite impressive, strategy-wise, that somehow I may have stumbled ass backwards into, um, into a decent team this year. And seeing as though all the switches are gone now... I can actually say who I suspect is the mole, because I've been deliberately not saying it for eight weeks. Oh, okay. We have that to look forward to. We do indeed, because I can actually tell the truth now, because there's no more switches for people to screw around with it. Come on, it's V is the Mole. I can't believe you try to deceive on a V is the Mole podcast. I know, I'm a deceptive flying bitch, what can I say? So previously, the Final Five sang and bored themselves to death in an electric car factory, laser game against the mole, and harassed locals in a theme park to earn a huge 400 euros for the pots. I thought you said harassed Logan in a theme park. No, the, uh, harassing Logan in a theme park is what we're going to do in a few weeks. <laughs> It'll be sort of eight weeks away when we start harassing you in a theme park. When Jill straps you to a roller coaster and makes you ride it repeatedly to memorise things. And Axel's working the controls. And at the execution, a pointless twist saw everyone survive once more and go through to this week. And Rick says that it was a nerve-wracking execution and only Buddy and Nathan saw their screens. It was not nerve-wracking because it was a pointless twist. And the episode title is Passing It On. And they begin the episode as, with the past five episodes or so, in the Chinese city of Luoyang. The, that's one disappointing thing about the season. I mean... The coronavirus didn't happen until after the filming, and that, so now it looks like a wise choice to not travel that far. But they really never left Lu Yang throughout this entire season. No, we, this is the second city in the entire season, I think, is Lu Yang. Yeah, like they, I thought for sure, I thought for sure we would get a Beijing episode or a Shanghai episode. Or like Guangzhou or Shenzhen, or even make their way into Hong Kong or Macau. But the fact we're in Luyang the whole time is very, very surprising. It is, and I'm glad you picked up on it as well, because uh, I was going to fact-check it. I think it is five episodes since they entered Luoyang. And I know, before anyone says it, they have been to the weird villages around it, but still. That'd be like if they came to film the season in, in Vernon and they had like a random challenge in Armstrong or a challenge in Lake Country, where really you're all, you're, it's all the same general area. Like contrasted to, say, Belgian Mole, where they would fly them around to the different pockets of Mexico every couple of episodes. That's actually like any mole season, where 
it almost helps divide up the narrative where after three episodes it's like okay we're gonna have a change in landscape instead of being yeah let's take mexico's landscape for example okay we've been in the desert for the past three episodes now we're gonna go into mexico city okay we're done with mexico city now we're gonna go into a coastal area let's go to the let's go to say Puerto Vallarta. Okay, we're done with that. Now let's go to the Mayan ruins in the Yucatan. Like you could have a very, have you need a diverse landscape all throughout the season so you could do a little bit of everything. But here with this season, you're just in the same area going to the same types of landmarks. Like we've already had several tasks invo uh, involving porcelain or getting locals, factories, warehouses, cars. There's been many car challenges. So, yeah, the fact that it's all kind of samey with a, within a gigantic country is a bit of a disappointment. I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but have you seen the um, the Café de Mol episode for the Belgian cast announced yet that Natalia wonderfully uh, subtitled out with the blue and nobody expected? No, I haven't. In that, Gilles is obviously there, and he says that, yes, they're going to Greece, but they deliberately avoided most of the touristy areas this time. They are still travelling around and everything, but they're not doing the predictable areas. So, for example, they're not going to uh, Santorini, he said. No Santorini, no Athens. I think they probably will end up going to Athens. For, like, one episode, probably? Yeah. We know for a fact that the final test takes place on a, on a boat in the Greek islands somewhere. But other than that, we basically don't know anything, which is great. But Belgian Mole goes to great lengths to try and vary the locations every few episodes, and Jill even admitted it to us, didn't he? Yeah. They don't even pretend to want to stay in the same place, because that's not the point of travelling somewhere. Like, for instance, with the Vietnam season, you don't want to spend all ten episodes in Ho Chi Minh City. I would be interested to find out what planning went into this season in terms of China, whether they deliberately aimed for Henan, or whether they wanted to go a bit further and then were restricted by something or something like that. Minimal budget? Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, it's not like foreign production crews are banned at all from filming and filming reality TV in China. Like, that's, you know, that ban's been lifted long for a long time now. They could easily have done an episode in Beijing or Shanghai. Yeah, I, d I don't know why this season stayed entirely within Henan and why they chose such similar landscapes. I don't think we'll ever get the answer to that question, only. No. And we don't even get any preamble in this episode. They literally go straight from the titles to meeting Rick in, in a park on day 15, and Milushka spots three bikes in front of him and says, Oh, we're sweating again. And in the first challenge, three people get to bike through the city while two have control of the map. And they earn money by passing through checkpoints, where they will also be able to swap bikes. The more often they swap, the more money they can earn, but only if they get back to the start point within 30 minutes. And for once, Rick confirms that the prize money is a maximum of 1,650 euros. And you would have been screwed in this challenge. I would have done the map. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> I would be forced to do the map. There would have been no negotiation on this. Unless I walked my bike and tried to just run with it for 30 minutes. In 40 degree heat. <laughs> Because did you pick up on the subtle hint that it was in 40 degree heat, this? I think they only said it about seven or eight times that it was 40 degree heat with humidity. Leone looked so annoyed. She really did not want to be on that bicycle. No. Leone had such a wonderful final episode. 
Because I know everyone was focusing on, like, Nathan and Rob going, oh, they had such a good episode. But no, Leonie was the star of this episode. She was really irritated at having to bike. She was really irritated at Malushka constantly ordering so much food. She had a full-on bitch fight with uh, Rob on the glass bridge. And that was just the ones that that I remember off the top of my head. The only thing that would have made things worse if, is if she had to ride a bicycle on that glass bridge while watching Malushka eat at the one end of the bridge. And did you know who uh, Tom Dumalam was before this episode, Logan? Famous Dutch cyclist, I presume? He is a very successful Dutch cyclist. He won the uh, Giro d'Italia a few years ago and has, um, has come second in the Tour de France a couple of times as well. Yeah, I've never heard of his name prior to this episode. I'm like, oh, must just be a famous Dutch cyclist. Otherwise, I mean, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be just like this guy who is not a cyclist. Having said that, every time he was beaten by uh, by a British cyclist when he did the Tour de France. But he must have been getting like naming rights in this episode because he got referenced a lot. Or maybe they just don't know the names of any other cyclists between the five of them. <laughs> Quite possibly, but you would have expected them to only mention him once and maybe go for some more. But no, no, they all went for Tom Dumoulin. In 40 degree heat. In the Giro d'Italia, in the Tour de France. All the references. And Nathan says he's happy that Rob will navigate as he's clear and concise with his instructions. And then the fun bits. Because... Nathan is basically the only person who even tries in this challenge, let's be real. But he tries. He just got frustrated and went in the wrong direction. And arrested. And arrested. (laughs) Yeah, you could tell Leone was not enthusiastic about this challenge and just did not try at all. But he at least tried but was getting terrible instructions from both Rob and Milushka. And then Nathan, being, you know, the only professional athlete in the group, did quite well in this challenge. Well, he only made it with 26 seconds. I mean, you know you have a tough challenge when the pro athlete barely passes in time. Yeah, but the thing you've got to consider is that his hair is completely not aerodynamic. That slows him down by a good minute. Yeah, they were not thinking efficiency when they came came with this challenge. They were not wearing helmets. Nathan's hair definitely will create some sort of drag. They were never going to win the 550 euros from anyone. I wonder, that would have been a major thing. Somebody's riding this bike in 40-degree humidity, and then they just trip and completely crash, crack their head on the side of the road. It's one way to get a final three. The other element of this is the fact that they were riding fixed-gear bikes. And I know this is going probably way over your head, but fixed-gear bikes are basically track bikes. They're what you see people go on the velodrome on. They have no gears. They usually have no brakes. I'm not sure if they had brakes on any of those bikes. I was watching out for the brake cables, and I couldn't see any. So they were not just riding bikes, but they were riding bikes with no helmets, on fixed-gear bikes, so they had to pedal harder if they wanted to move faster, with no brakes, in 40-degree heat, in China, which is not the easiest country in the world to pedal in. There was one time when we were coming from the airport in Beijing to our hotel a couple of years ago, where me and my brother basically said a prayer that we wouldn't die because of how reckless they were driving. (laughs) Oh, the you mean the drivers of the various cars? Yeah, they were um, they were getting quite close to each other. It was our first introduction to China being quite an experience. So this is actually quite a dangerous challenge. See, this is why it was China was was better before everyone got cars there, when they had hundreds of millions of uh, cyclists. 
in the 80s. Well, according to Katie Mellower, there are 9 million bicycles in Beijing. It's a fact. That's the reference you will not get. Nope. Uh, There's one hit wonder over here called Katie Mellower who um, who did a song called 9 Million Bicycles where the lyric was, there are 9 million bicycles in Beijing, that's a fact. And then someone actually did the maths and realised there's a lot more bicycles in Beijing than that. A lot more than 9 million? Apparently so. Hmm. Even with all the people of cars now? Yeah, apparently there are a lot more than 9 million bicycles in Beijing. Well, I can tell you that. There's nowhere near 9 million bicycles around Vernon. Especially not ones that you're, uh, especially not ones that you're riding. Yeah. I'd say maybe take about four zeros off of that number. So Milushka and Rob basically fight over sending Nathan to the nearest uh, bike to try and earn some money. And then Leona gets stopped by the police, and they demand that she shows them some papers. And then Buddy also gets stopped, as does Nathan. And Leone looks absolutely ruined. Yep. How would you have sabotaged if you were Mole in this challenge? Call the police? <laughs> well, yeah, call the police is one. I think the Mole would always want to be on the map in this sort of challenge. I don't think you ride a bike if you're Mole. Well, was there any way for anyone to account for where you are if you were cycling, though? If you're on a bike, you're only responsible for up to 550 euros. If you're on the map, you're responsible for all 1650. That's true. Yeah, so if you're on if you're on the map, you can just be really convincing and clear with directions for a completely different street. And then if the other if the cyclist gets confused, it's like, well, I gave you directions, you just weren't listening to me. You're the idiot. And also, this is super convenient given that you know. Milushka is basically Michelle's best hope of uh, winning this pool, and Rob's probably mine. So Leone eventually finds an orange bike, but he gets really lost and finds the uh, the highway, and Rob and Milushka essentially abandon him. And then on his way back, Buddy runs into Leone. They make it a little bit tour de France, but neither of them get back in time. And then Nathan returns with 25 seconds left, earning 250 euros for the pot, out of a possible 1650. And then, after the challenge, everyone eats lunch, and Leone admits that she's sick of eating Chinese food all the time. It's only been two weeks! Yeah, but nothing but Chinese food. Yeah, but that's not that long amount of time. And also in the sheer quantity that Milushka is evidently ordering said Chinese food. Maybe that's repulsing Leone more than anything. It's just the sheer volume of Chinese food that she's being forced to eat. And Milushka yet again orders about 18 dishes and does a chicken impression. Thank you. And at lunch they also count the money. Buddy and Rob split it because Rob trusts nobody. And they get 9,650 euros originally, but then finally confirm that it's 9,900. And then they head immediately to the second assignment, which is in a restaurant with a lazy Susan in the middle of the table. And the room that they're in is actually one where Xi Jinping dined himself. And in this assignment, Rick will ask ten questions and they will all privately write their answers down. After each question, one person will get the choice to either keep their answer or use the Lazy Susan to swap it with anyone else's. If they swap it, everyone gets a different answer than their own. Each correct answer earns a point. Whoever has the most points at the end of the challenge wins an exemption for the next execution. Which, to me, reads like there is going to be a final four execution. Oh, because he said next execution. Yes, because Rick deliberately said next execution and not for the finale. Because they usually make a a big uh, deal of it being an exemption for the finale. Mm. However, in the next time preview, we did not see any screens. But we haven't seen any screens all season, apart from 
there's been one next time trailer where we've actually seen confirmation of any sort of execution. You think they would talk up some sort of twist, considering that's the final episode? Yeah, the problem for us is that it's going to be a really like content-heavy episode next week now. <laughs> In the one week we don't need it to be. So Nathan is the first to pick, and Milishka describes the challenge as Russian roulette mixed with Trivial Pursuit and a lot of Vs to Mole. Wait, 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 wait. There is a challenge on Vs to Mole that's a lot like Vs to Mole. It's Vs to Moleception. And the first question is the name of the Chinese philosopher who the quotes in episode one were from. Did you remember it? Sun Tzu! It is Sun Tzu, it's from The Art of War. Now it's Lao Tzu, and Nathan is correct, but turns to get Buddy's answer, and everyone except Leonie gets a point, thanks to Rob. Out of interest, how would you play this challenge as a mole? Because essentially you can't lose any money from this challenge, so you can just kind of play it as being a bit of a dick to people, I think. Or just play it normally, I guess. Just do whatever, just go with the flow, relax, lay back. Because it's not even like there's a an ultimatum at the end where Malushka gets the choice to sell her exemption back for money. No, this is that's that's what's weird is that you just play the challenge, winner gets the exemption, and that that's it. There's no twist to it. Yeah, usually someone would get the option, especially if it's not an exemption for the finale, to potentially sell their uh, their exemption back for money for the pot. What would happen in a lot of the other versions is that the person with the highest score has a chance at the exemption. And then there would be a game afterwards where you face off, especially, like, this is really, really common with Final Four episodes, or the, the last episode before the fin- finale, where the person has to complete some sort of task to, to, be, to defeat everyone else to get the exemption, and if they lose, then there's money added to the pot. So I'm very, very surprised that it was just a matter of highest score against the exemption. That's, that really, that takes away that whole mysterious element in V is the mole. Yeah, there's no impetus on the mole to even try and sabotage this challenge, I would say. They can do it for their own personal amusement, but there's no impetus on them getting control of that exemption. That's the other thing, too, is that that's why there's always money up for grabs in every challenge or some sort of twist to it, because the mole has to be, the mole's role has to be involved somehow. Like, with this challenge, there's no point having any questions on the quiz about it or even taking any notes about what happened because it didn't affect what goes into the pot at all. There's no reason to focus on it. And also, Rick promised us ten questions. There was only eight that were aired because I wrote them all down. Well, there would be a lot of questions to try and air on TV. Yeah, but the thing is, if this was going to be an essential part of the season, this challenge, they would kind of have to wear all questions or at least not show Rick saying there's ten questions. If Rick just says, there's a bunch of questions, or there's eight questions, as it was at aired, then that works. But the fact they specifically said ten and then aired eight makes this challenge weird. It'd be like, it's like in uh, Survivor, where they say, oh, there's this challenge, first to three points wins, but what happened off-camera is that they actually played it to five or six, but cut it down for TV purposes. Yeah. I'm all for cutting these challenges down for TV, but you also have to cover your tracks and make it not obvious that you cut it down for TV. Unless they just didn't expect too many people to count how many questions were asked at home. Yeah, but after 20 years of this show, they know that people analyse the hell out of this show. What percentage, though, of uh, within the viewership? It's quite high, I'll be honest. There are a lot of people in this fandom who are very fanatical. 
to the reason that it's lasted 20 years is the fact that there are people who are genuinely obsessed with this show. So it's a bit of a rookie move for them to go, yeah, we'll keep the 10 in, no one will notice, because someone always notices. Going back to the um, the Belgian Mole thing, I think I'm the only person who's noticed that because the theme this season is The End is the Beginning, the cast list is in reverse alphabetical order on their website. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's a clue. I'm not sure if it's a clue clue, but it, it definitely is a kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge, have you noticed this thing, I think. So yeah, the first question was the loud C one. Everyone gets a point apart from Leone. Then the second question is what San Mencia's animal-themed nickname is, and it's the City of Swans. Buddy chooses to keep his answers. Buddy and Leone are correct. Nathan thinks it's Paradise City. Rob thinks Golden Eagle. Melushka thinks Dragon. The third question is on which bill are the flags of all former Vistamol countries, and it is the 500 euro note. And this one was a bit sneaky because... The 500 euro one is the one that is evidently designed by a child with all the flags of the countries on it. But on the 250 one is the map of the world with all the locations on it. So it's a bit sneaky to have a question that is slightly ambiguous on this one. Right, the fact that it had to be flags rather than territorial outlines. Yeah, exactly. So Leone chooses to rotate to Nathan's answer because he's the treasurer. But he deliberately got it wrong, in case Leone did pick his. And Buddy and Rob get a point from that one. Fourth question was how much the car parking challenge could have been. And it was €2,560. Rob chooses to swap. Only Nathan gets it correct. And Milushka has the wonderful answer of a lot more. (laughs) And then the fifth question is which two continents were placed correctly in the Swan Lake camera challenge. Milushka gets the control over it. She turns and only Rob gets it right. And then the sixth question was how many candidates were allowed on a hovercraft at once. It was five. Nathan and Milushka get a point from that one. And then the penultimate question that we see is what town they visited to spell out Vista Mall in giant letters. It was Luaoyang, one of the many challenges they've done there. And Buddy is given the wonderful answer of Duckburg. <laughs> Maybe after eating all that Peking duck, uh, his vision's just a duck blur. And then with one question to go, Leone has three points, everyone else has four. The final question is how many characters were there in the Chinese for Is de Mall? And Buddy is 100% that it is three. Milushka sees him do the three motion and wants to steal his answer. Then in classic Milushka style, she tries to steal it, rotates it entirely, and then gets the correct answer anyway. And only her and Nathan get the point, leaving them as the final two to compete in a tiebreaker. A long tiebreaker. Yeah, because they get the impossible question next of what the correct phone number that you could get Rick on in the field of week game was. How are you meant to remember that? Nathan decides to turn, but both are wrong... And then the next question is, which of these envelopes contain no money in the Dragon Village, CompuArt, Crazy, or Luki 4? Milushka keeps her answer of CompuArt and Crazy. She is correct, and wins the exemption for the next execution. And that's it. She's safe. Yep, well done, Milushka. And then they check into the next hotel, because for some reason, even though they're staying in the same city for five weeks, they, um, they keep swapping hotels, just in case. What a shift. That just changes the whole game right there. Completely different landscape. It's not a Marriott this time, now it's a Sheraton. And did you notice that Milushka has a lot of stuffed toys attached to her suitcase? Is there one from each of her victims that's been executed so far this season? Quite possibly. Are you still on Milushka then? I think so. Yeah. Interesting. And Leonie and Milushka share room 215, and Milushka says it's good to keep her mole close. And Leonie says she's going to go all in on one person to see if she's right. And then admits 
under not a lot of pressure that she suspects Malushka. But he has to wake Nathan up in 217, Nathan tucks him in every night and tells him a football story, and apparently Nathan brushes his teeth six times a day, and they share absolutely nothing game-wise. And Rob has a lot of souvenirs on his desk, including the folders from the Lazy Susan game and all of his point scrolls. You mean he has a lot of souvenirs and they all come from the most recent challenge? Yes, I was going to write more down, but I was doing it quickly. Shut up. (laughs) He has loads of souvenirs and they were the ones that I quickly spied. It's 20 souvenirs all from the same game. Yes, it is. It's a lock of hair from all his victims. (laughs) And the current ones. So the final challenge takes place far outside Luoyang by the Yellow River in the Three Gorges scenic area. Buddy spots a big glass bridge in the distance and hopes they don't have to go there. And of course they do. And on the big glass bridge there are six boxes, and they will stand at five of them. Each box contains some tubes, and an amount that must be in each box by the end. They have to trade them so each box contains the right amount, and leave nine tubes left over to be put in the 1200 euro box for a total of 2000. And they have 20 minutes to do all the swaps. My head already hurts. Yeah, this challenge is another one where we've previously described this sort of a challenge as, yeah, it's okay to watch visually, but it's a bitch to actually uh, recap. But the thing that we do need to recap is the fact that Milushka really, 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 really doesn't want to go on the bridge. And Buddy is scared but just dances in the background, and then she decides to leave the bridge and not take part in the challenge. And yeah, they mess this up royally, they manage to get the 80 euro box correct, but then Leone just argues with Rob halfway through the challenge and looks like a raging hell demon, and it's great. I can't really think of too many times where a contestant just declines to participate in the challenge to ensure everyone else is screwed. Yeah, but to be fair, that bridge was high. (laughs) That bridge was hella high. Yeah, but it's not like somebody was going to come along and take out an axe and chop down the ropes or something and you'd fall into the ravine below. Yeah. Yeah, that bridge was really, really high, and I kind of understand why Milushka didn't want to do it. But forgive me if I'm wrong, but you've also done the world's highest glass floor, as have I. Yeah. Which is up the CN Tower in Toronto. And is very, very high. I'm not bad with heights, but that did send my guts a little bit squiffy walking over that um, that glass floor. And see, I thought it'd be cool. Like, imagine if you're just laying down that glass, and if it breaks through, just those ten seconds of... You'd feel, you'd feel like you're falling. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and Leonie realised she'd messed up by trying to make her value in five tubes, not three, and she'd rather jump off the bridge than admit her mistake to the boys. And Rob says that chaos reigns on this challenge when everyone can only see things once. And Nathan thinks that he solved the 210 euro box, but at the end, only the 80 euro box is filled, so they earn 80 euros of a possible 2,000 for the challenge, 330 out of a possible 3,650 for the episode, and 9,980 euros of a possible 44,610 for the season so far. Yeah, like, they had to have the right combination of notes in those tubes, right? Yeah, in each tube was the right amount of money total. In the 24 tubes, there were um, 2,000 euros worth of notes, and they had to portion them out into the correct boxes. So there was an 81, 121, a 210, 151, a 241, and then the 1,200 one, which was left over. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a lot of math to do in a very short amount of time. Whilst also on a glass bridge, while it's raining, and while there's thunder. Yeah, and one of the other players isn't playing, so you're doing an extra uh, 20% of the work. I'm not sure if the mole would have refused to go on the bridge. 
I think if you are Mole, you kind of have to suck it up. And that's not a slight on Milushka because she's my favourite character of the season, obviously. Well, in the first American season, they did have the Mole faint at a challenge. Yeah. But also, the Mole will have known where this challenge was going to take place. And I don't think that production would have let her sit it out, knowing that it was on a glass bridge, when this is quite a high-value challenge. It's 2,000 euros, potentially. And you can't leave the contestants to just have a go at it and hope they don't do well, in my opinion. That's true. I think it's too much of a risk for a mole to sit this challenge out, no matter how scared of heights you are. Unless she did just freeze up when the challenge happened and saw, wow. It could have been entirely genuine. She could still be the mole. She is still my second suspect. But I don't think the production would have let the mole sit this one out when it's such a high value. In Belgian Mole, they wouldn't have let them sit it out. No, in Belgian Mole, they would have thrown them off a cliff. <laughs> with their feet in concrete. So it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the Mole. Whoever knows least goes home, except for the Mole, who never goes home, and also Milushka, who's got an exemption. And Rob says that Milushka has some Mole qualities, but he doesn't think she would play it this way as Mole. But he is suspicious, but only in the fanatical capacity. And it's not Nathan, so by default, it's got to be Leone. Buddy says Leone is his mole and has been from the start, and he's going 100% on her. Milishka's also on Leone, she's super smart, but in some ways she always manages to not make money in every game. And Nathan says he's often filled Leone in his mole. She's trying to do well, but sometimes she causes confusion. And Leone doesn't know what to do, should she go all in on one person? It's a gamble, so she spreads on two people. And I had a note here before I'd even known that Leone was going, saying everyone filled their testing on Leone, it's 100% not Leone. Because playing this as a viewer, production will never, ever, ever show us everyone suspecting them all, if they're correct. What production will do is do kind of vague suspicions, rather than specifically saying, I suspect Leone. It'd be, it'd be like, oh, Nathan did this at the challenge today. Yeah. You can effectively rule someone out if everyone is shown to be suspecting them. And another interesting piece of wording here, Malishka played her green exemption, and no one used a black exemption, so she's in the final four. So that's really interesting, because the only exemptions that had been introduced this season were the ones in the very first episode, and Malishka's one here. Which means that those black exemptions were still valid till this week. <laughs> Everyone played them too early. Yeah, I don't know why nobody hung on to them, because it's pretty much tradition that there's going to be a, an exemption in the penultimate episode of the season. Maybe they got detained by Chinese police and they confiscated it. Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't hang on to it. So, Nathan is the first to see screen, he gets a green one, then Buddy, who gets a green one, and then Leonie is third, she gets a red screen, and goes home, much to everyone's shock. And now everyone's scrambling to find a new mole, which means we could have a very odd conclusion to the season. Yeah. And she starts to cry on the way out, but at least you won't have to have any more Chinese food. Leone might have won if she was able to survive this round. Yeah, she would have won if she'd actually, you know, picked the right mole. Because you've got to assume that it was pretty much a, a four-way tie if everyone went in on Leone. It was pretty much a four-way tie on everyone getting zero. So maybe she went home on time. Because Rick doesn't always right. um, announce when when there's been a tie anymore. And Nathan ends the episode by saying only one person can be mole, and only one person can be the winner. So people have to go home. So next time, 
The final four get goosebumps at a martial arts presentation and visit a night market selling street waffles and pancakes and play against the mole. But will anyone go home? We don't know because they don't show the quiz, but they show all four. Do they show all four at both challenges? I think so, yes, but there is a caveat here. The fact that they didn't show anyone at the final test means that the final test has to only have three people for me. I think there is a mid-episode execution. I think they've creatively only shown three people from the final challenge of the episode. I think there's going to be two challenges, an execution, and then another challenge, and then we'll have the final test. Yeah, because they've had three challenges every single episode, right? Yeah, they they can fit it in. It's going to be a bit kind of time-sensitive, but they can fit in an execution next week. But the fact that they didn't even show the the final reveal location suggests to me there are only three people at that final reveal. And there is also history towards them doing a mid-episode execution for the final four. Right. Including in Rick's season, actually. Maybe he's the one who brought forth the idea. Maybe. I don't like them doing it this way, I'll be honest. No, it is too many people for the end game. It makes episode 9 feel a little bit too rushed if you've got four people in the first two challenges, then an execution, and then a third challenge, and then you have to have the suspicions at the end, and then the final test, and then end the episode with Rick going, V is the mole. Find out next week in Vondel Park, assuming it's not cancelled because of coronavirus. That's true, yeah, it could be. Because I am genuinely slightly concerned now that I'm going to fly to Amsterdam in two weeks' time, and the event will get cancelled. But I will still be there, regardless. I do wonder what would happen in in that case. They would have the the pre-filmed reveal, wouldn't they? But would they just do it inside Vondel CS and then not have the outside bit? I don't know. I don't know, that feels like some sort of uh, international logistics issue that somebody like CNN could probably figure out. Yeah, because up until 2014, I think it was, they still did the pre-filmed reunion where they took over, like, for the South Africa season where it was basically all filmed around trains, they took over a train depot and recorded the reunion there without an audience. So I wonder whether they would go back to that format if if the event got cancelled in uh, in two weeks' time. But it better not, because I'm going to be mightily pissed if it does. Hopefully you get a refund on your ticket. Oh no, I'd still go. I'd, st- I'd enjoy my weekend. I'd just be mightily pissed off that I'd gone all that way for an event that wasn't even happening anymore. So, Mr Saunders, who is your one mole? So I suspect... Michael Jackson. Interesting. He's not on this season, but you can suspect him if you want. It'll be as good as your predictions from the rest of the season. <laughs> That's true. And he wears, wears slightly of less offensive t-shirts. Um, one suspect? Rob? I, I can't actually believe I get to say this now. Since week three, I have been convinced that it is Rob. And I have not said anything on this podcast and it's been killing me. As you hear me, guess it's Rob every single week. Yeah. In fact, the the week where we were down to a final six and you first said Rob, I actually had to mute myself and go, fuck, he's going to steal him. Because I'm a million percent convinced it's Rob and have been all season. And it goes back to something I actually said in the week one recap. Because if you remember all the way back to the first challenge, the um, Wisdom or Happiness challenge... Do you remember what I said about the statements that Rick said? No. What I said is that they have used this sort of thing before to reveal the mole. And I must say, I 
I did slightly get tipped off to this on Twitter, but if you look at all the statements that were said to each person, because it's season 20, if you look at the 20th letter of each statement, it spells out M-O-L-N-O-N-I-N-E. Mole number nine. Not only is Rob the ninth person to be introduced in that challenge, he's also the ninth person this season alphabetically. The only other person it could relate to is Milushka, who's the ninth person in the intro. But I've been heavily on Rob since week three. I've been watching Rob like a hawk, and I'm convinced it is Rob. And if it is Rob, it does mean that I have stumbled arse backwards into winning our pool without actually choosing the mole, which is a wonderful ending for our season. Because you had the final choice, and you have ranked Johan higher than you ranked Rob. So Rob became the final choice and went to me. So put it this way, if that is the case, in our finale recap, it's going to be hilarious. Do you think any of the contestants will be on to Rob now that Leone's gone? I don't know. We had the hint this week that Nathan might be suspecting Rob slightly. Because at the end of the third challenge, he said that he was convinced that he gave Rob the right information about the 210 euro box, so he's confused as to how it went wrong as well. And that's the first hint that we've had that anyone is properly suspecting Rob. Milushka is the only other person this season who's actually mentioned Rob when she's been doing her suspicions. Because that's something I've been watching out for as well. Right. So if it is Rob, then, oh my god, it's going to be hilarious. And the final question, as always, is if someone goes home next week, who? Buddy? See, they were setting up that it's going to be Buddy versus Malushka to try and work out who the mole is last week. But I also think that one of Buddy or Malushka is probably going to go home to then make the other one realise that they were wrong. So I think probably Buddy, yeah. I think in terms of the likelihood of people going home, it's probably Buddy, then Nathan, then Malushka. And then obviously Rob, because Rob's them all. And I'm well aware that if I'm horrendously wrong about Rob, not only have I absolutely tanked my suspect list on Bother's Bar, but also I'm going to um, get so much grief when people uh, listen to this. And Michelle probably wins for the second year in a row. Yeah, Michelle will win. If it isn't Rob, it is Malushka. 100%. Well, if you're tagging along to my track record overall for the past several seasons, you have a good chance of being right. Yeah, but also, you can't really claim this when, as you'll find out in a couple of weeks, I have genuinely had Rob as my top suspect for six weeks now. I've already done my suspect list. In fact, I usually traditionally wait for the podcast to do the suspect list for Bullers Bar. This season, since week three, I've been doing it literally as soon as it comes out because i've been convinced would you win bothers bar pool if rob's the mole um officially probably yes but in reality no because what tends to happen is i do really well on the suspicions and then get absolutely shanked at the end and lose i have lost by one point before when i've been convinced of them all and that was only because i accidentally did um one of the um bonus questions wrong at the end. I was so annoyed. Mm. But I've never won one in the seven years prior to this. I've never won one. And I really want to win one this year. So, that's your challenge. <laughs> and the one other thing worth mentioning is, as we've discussed today already, um, Belgium Mole is back on Sunday. We will, of course, be covering it. The day that it will be released will be Thursdays. So it will be 
the day after the Vidin 1's come out, assuming that we can get subtitles. If we can't get subtitles, we are going to stumble through it without subtitles, so you won't notice anything really, but we are preferably going to get subtitles for it. We have a way of getting it without subtitles, thankfully, if we need to. Mm-hmm. And keep an eye on our social media, because on Sunday when the premiere is gone, I will release our first suspicions list for it. So we will be doing first suspicions again. We will also be doing the um, the pool, assuming Natalia does manage to subtitle the premiere. Michelle will be joining us for the pool again, I think. If not, it will just be the two of us. Um, but our first suspicions list will be coming out on Sunday. I have already prepared it. And you will have up until the second episode airs to put your first suspicions list in. And Mr. Saunders, you will have until we record our podcast to put yours in. <laughs> okay. So please don't uh, leave it to the last minute, because otherwise I have to work it out on the fly and it's a bit stressful, like with Vidum. You got anything else to say? No, I think I'm good. Awesome. So thank you for listening to our Vista Mall recap. We'll be back next week for our penultimate week of Dutch Mall hunting this year. Don't forget you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, where we are RTV Warriors. I can email us at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at Logsukwaki. And I am MJ Hamster. See you next week. Peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.